Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. So for anyone who is new to the series, just to reacquaint myself, I'm an Irish journalist and I'm the author of Owning It, the number one international best-selling anxiety book, uh, and The Confidence Kit, which was its follow-up, and I have a third book due for release in January. And my aim with this podcast is very simple, just to help people better understand anxiety so that it has less of a negative impact on them. I share my experiences, having suffered massively with anxiety for most of my life, conversations with others who've had different experiences to me, and chats, of course, with experts who can shed light on exactly what we're dealing with. We're in season three now, and what with the pandemic, I decided to shift things around a little bit to produce a series of shorter, more focused episodes, mostly with just me, myself speaking, that will help us cope with the increased anxiety that we're all facing at this time. I know just from seeing on social media and seeing and having people interact with me over the podcast that the pandemic has brought, you know, quite a lot of anxiety to the fore for a lot of people and and for some of them it's it might be a new feeling for them and maybe they've never experienced it before and therefore the presence of anxiety alone separate to the anything tangible about the pandemic can be pretty scary and unnerving in itself. And despite the fact that I'm trying to offer lockdown anxiety coping skills, it is worth saying that whatever topics we cover on season three, and we're this is episode seven, I think now, whatever we cover will of course stand to you when we're all back to normal, whatever, whatever that will look like. So this week I wanted to share a recent anxious experience of mine and exactly how I went about working my way through it. Um, and that was by turning to my tried and tested assess and address technique, which is mapped out in my first book. I remember last year, I think I was on the last day of my honeymoon in Thailand and it was such a big deal for me to have gone that far away because I used to have such horrendous travel anxiety and I got a message from someone who was obviously upset, anxious and angry for whatever they were going through and they were frustrated that I seemed to be coping very well and not suffering with the kind of anxiety that they were suffering with and therefore 
who was I to be talking about anxiety like I do? Um, now obviously it wasn't a nice message to get but I know I understand now that their anger was misplaced you know for the most part I am coping very well now and thankfully it's no longer something that really defines my everyday experience but I did a huge amount of work and it took a long time to claw myself out of a hole where I was absolutely crippled by anxiety and thankfully I'm managing it you know quite well now which I also think you'd hope to hear from someone who's written a book and who hosts a podcast that tells you how to how you can maybe hopefully manage your anxiety. I just knew so little back then and there was so little conversation around anxiety. It was just, we didn't even have the language and it was far from normalised and actually mental health struggles were still massively stigmatised. But at least from my perspective, I, I don't think we're there anymore and I hope that this podcast is, even in some small way, I hope it's contributing to that. And I hope that if you're seeing me on Instagram living what seems to be a fairly ordinary life or listening to me here, that those of you who are really feeling that they cannot cope or feel that they never will be able to cope, I hope that you get some reassurance in knowing that I was there where you are. And I also thought I was never going to be okay again, but you can absolutely get yourself to a point of owning it and feeling well, as I have done. Those who've read the book or have been listening to me since the beginning will know that I am not at all about trying to cure your anxiety or make it go away forever because that is just not how it works. I actually I saw a review come in the other day from someone saying, oh, just like any other podcast is trying to, to cure anxiety. And I was like, that's literally what it's not. So I don't even know if you've listened to the right one. But anyway, obviously anxiety is, you know, as I've said this so many times, a natural stress response. So we all have, you know, we all need it to function and survive. And it's just a matter of understanding it and managing it and working with it rather than working against it. But of course, sometimes it just gets the better of us. I still feel anxiety and I can still have the odd wobble, as I call them, or panic attacks. Although it is an awful lot less common these days than it once was. Owning your anxiety is not about going years without feeling it. It's about allowing for the fact that you might feel it and knowing how to respond to that. That's the key and that's what prevents a little wobble from growing arms and legs and turning into something that you feel like you cannot bounce back from. So this week I actually did have a bit of an anxious experience. I started to feel it quite a lot again Um, and at first it wasn't so much a physical feeling but more so that I noticed my thoughts were very much veering towards the catastrophic end of things and I was having panicky thoughts about the future and I started to have thoughts really really just unhelpful, unfounded thoughts pop into my head, like, you know, what if my dad calls me and tells me that my mom has died? You know, for no other reason than the, the, thought, the thought just came along. And I was getting into bed and I could feel my thoughts really start to spiral in, in that kind of trend. And I was thinking things such as, you know, obviously if you, I'm, I'm pregnant at the moment, if you haven't heard me mention before, but I was, I started to think, you know, what if the baby comes far too early and what if it can't make it? Or, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to cope with my last trimester. And then oh god, if I feel like I can't cope now, how will I cope when the baby is here? But I knew based on my experience that these thoughts were very much anxiety talking. They weren't grounded in reality, but they still felt real and scary, and they were enough to trigger a a fight-or-flight response within me. I knew that my mind was offering me an anxiety-fueled narrative, and while I might normally have the resilience and the experience not to entertain those thoughts, I was knackered, I was tired, and I was vulnerable. And then the realisation that I was anxious made me feel a bit more physically anxious and I became a bit too aware of my breathing and I felt like I had a very tight chest because I guess I was trying to overcompensate and overbreathe. So I did what I always do and I turned to my husband and I said, "Mm, I'm feeling a little bit anxious over here. 
and I vocalized all of the thoughts that were in my head and he said you know those are thoughts that you won't believe tomorrow when you're less tired and he said also which he often does I think you need to revisit your CBT exercises and practice a little bit of what you preach and I'm always like oh (laughs) because sometimes I do believe that I can just tell myself not to feel anxious make it go away or that I should be able to just snap out of it but that's not how it works I still need to approach it compassionately and I still need to try and work it out and that's what works for me so he kindly got out of bed and went around and found a notepad and a pen somewhere and just told me to start writing the thoughts and looking at them on paper and then do what I always do to challenge them so I thought about the assess and address approach and I proceeded to write in a matter of moments what felt like a few minutes four full a4 pages so most of it was the assess part of the equation which is okay what was I feeling why was I feeling anxious what was going on that maybe I wasn't quite aware of Was there any explanation for the anxiety that might make me say, ah, okay, this is why your thoughts are maybe going in this direction. And crucially, I started by asking myself, what, if any, are the vulnerability factors at play right now for you personally that might give rise to this anxiety? And that is always the most crucial starting point before you go trying to address it or make it go away or calm yourself down. It's what circumstances am I in right now? Because it might not seem like you're in any, anything any kind of vulnerability factors but when you start to think about it and look maybe there are some there so I thought about it for a few minutes and I reminded myself okay first of all lest I forget we're in the middle of a pandemic and even though I might not always be thinking about it or I might not feel like it's in the forefront of my mind I think for a lot of us there is a constant low-lying level of anxiety that's just always there and we're cut off from friends and family and we're not sure how long this is going to go on for And this makes me more susceptible, as I'm sure it does to you, to a more anxious response to my anxious thoughts. Second of all, as I said, I'm pregnant and I have had, honestly, a very tough pregnancy so far. At the time of publishing this episode, I am 28 weeks pregnant or I'm in my 28th week and I'm I'm still throwing up and it's incredibly draining to feel sick every day. And I'm also physically very uncomfortable with pelvic girdle pain and round ligament pain. And I actually have to go into hospital in a few days to get crutches to help me walk when it flares up. Because even if I just go for a gentle stroll, which is about all we can do and the only luxury we have in a pandemic, I'll be in a lot of pain later on that day if I do that. So to be honest, I just I can't remember a day when I didn't feel physically poorly with some or other pregnancy symptom. And I'm trying so hard to be positive and excited and to remind myself how fortunate I am and to feel the love. But it, it has been tough. Um, and feeling physically below par so for me it's pregnancy right now but for you it could be a bad period a cold or flu an injury feeling physically below par has a direct impact on how strong you feel emotionally and does for me anyway being sick in any way or just being worn out and exhausted is enough to put a strain on your prefrontal cortex which you've heard me mention before which is the more executive part of the brain whose job it is to reassure your amygdala which is where fear and worry comes from and where the survival instinct kicks in So the job of the prefrontal cortex is to reassure the amygdala that you're fine and that you're okay and that, you know, it can just stand down. When we are struggling physically, all of our energy is going into trying to cope with that and therefore we don't have the same reserves left over and we're more vulnerable to anxious thoughts. And when we feel well again, we tend to bounce back and those kind of thoughts might not even come into our head at all. And I know this from my own past experience. When vulnerability factors are present, it's honestly like, for me... I put on these anxiety goggles through which everything might now be tinged with fear or everything might have a worrying what-if kind of pattern of thinking attached to it. But when those vulnerability factors are addressed and rectified, 
the goggles come off and we tend to think to ourselves, oh, I don't know why I was thinking like that last week. I'm just not going to think like that again. And we forget that the reason we were thinking in such an anxious way was because of the vulnerability factors that were present. So these were the two main vulnerability factors that I was I was experiencing. The, the pandemic anxiety and the feeling physically poorly. But there was also a third that I was kind of forgetting. And that is that I'm about to become a parent and I'm on the cusp of a major life change. And even if we weren't in a pandemic and I was having, you know, a symptom-free pregnancy, there would still surely be some anxiety around such a massive change. Because even when change is good or even when it's change that we want, it can still be scary because until we're there, it's the unknown. And the unknown is outside of our everyday terms of reference. It's outside of our comfort zone. And therefore, it's a little bit of anxiety creating. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So I wrote down all of the thoughts I was having, even the ones that seemed ridiculous. And then I asked myself, okay, are these thoughts based on fact or opinion? Is there evidence to support these thoughts? Are they based on anything real or concrete? No, they were future-oriented thoughts. They couldn't possibly be based on any facts. And I was caught up in a spiral of anticipation of worst-case scenarios. And one of my old reliable anxiety thoughts came back to say hello. And it's the one where I start to believe that maybe I'm just a weak person, weaker than most people. And maybe I'll just always find things a little bit harder. Again, I wrote that down on paper. This is a narrative being offered up to me by my worn out mind and I'm currently lacking in the resilience to tell those thoughts to go and shove it. And I also want to make this point. We tend to think that it's always a case of anxious thoughts leading to anxious feelings. But sometimes when we are physically below par, it's the feelings that can bring on the thoughts. Either way, it's important to get a clear look at your current thoughts, feelings and behaviours if any and look at how they are influencing each other. And this is what CBT, which is Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, is all about. I then asked myself, while I was still writing away, what does my past experience tell me that might be useful in this situation? 
And I wrote that how I feel physically, obviously, as I said, has always had an impact on how I feel mentally. I wrote that how I feel in any given moment is never a fixed thing. Any anxious waves have never set themselves into stone. I wrote that one bad day does not indicate any sort of a trend. And I wrote that how I feel right now this minute does not determine the future. My anxious thoughts right now are not a forecast. I wrote down some facts that even in an anxious wave, I would not be able to dispute. So they were, okay, I'm dealing with a lot right now. Of course, I'm feeling a little bit less resilient. I wrote that I have so much support around me, even if it's mostly phone calls for the time being. And I wrote that I'm not weak. I am sensitive and there's a difference. And I wrote that this too shall pass. And regarding the anxiety around labour or becoming a parent or the, you know, what the third trimester would bring, I reminded myself of what I learned when it came to the morning sickness fear that I had, which was a whole other issue. I won't know that I'm able for it until I'm there. My ability to cope when it comes to these future-oriented events is always, always far greater than my fear of not being able to cope before it's even happened. I actually even drew a little balancing scales with the word coping on the heavier side and the word fear on the lighter side so that I could really visually imagine how my ability to cope is far greater than my fear that I won't. I then ground myself into the moment. I'm here, I'm in bed, my husband is beside me. I don't have to go anywhere, I don't have to prove anything. I can allow for this anxiety. I can say, okay, this makes sense. It makes sense that you'd feel this way, you're dealing with a lot right now. I could bring my attention to some nice slow belly breaths and watching my tummy rise and fall and this would take my focus away from the kind of breathing that was more in my chest and was kind of making me feel more anxious. I then wrote down some ways to address how I was feeling which in putting pen to paper in the first place I had kind of half taken care of. So the address part of the approach looks at what we can do practically to make ourselves feel better once we have assessed it. And I said to myself, okay, tomorrow I would make sure to eat little and often as I know that I tend to feel a bit more sick when I let myself get hungry during pregnancy. And if I, you know, if I can mitigate that and feel less sick for a day or two, I'll feel a little bit, little bit more resilient. I would carve out time for a rest, for a nap, and I wouldn't feel guilty about it. I would get back into listening to my meditation apps, even if it's just, you know, five minutes here and there. And my favorite one is stop breathe and think which you do have to pay for but it is I, I really like the voices on it and I just find it it really works for me I would watch the sugar intake and I'd ease off the diet cokes for a few days because diet cokes have been kind of my little treat in pregnancy but obviously the caffeine if I'm feeling anxious is just you know another stimulant that I don't need I would email my consultant about the pelvic girdle pain which is a very practical thing I was facing and try to get some relief for it I would have a chat with my mammy on the phone because that always makes me feel better and I wouldn't put myself under pressure not to feel anxious. I would know that eventually the anxious response that I'm currently feeling would settle and when I was feeling better and more rested I would be in a far far better position mentally to handle those kind of thoughts if they were to rise again. And because I had really confronted the anxiety I was feeling just by writing all of this down it was no longer swirling around in my head or gathering pace. I had release the tension by doing this exercise of just taking pen to paper and I had given the necessary amount of attention to my worries so that they felt heard which is you know always important you don't want to just keep saying I'm not even going to think about it I'm going to try and distract myself sit there and actually say okay what am I worried about right now what are my thoughts saying and then because I did that I was able to drift off to sleep knowing that I put myself back in the driving seat and I think whenever we feel that we are losing control this is all that it takes to give us back that power and even though you know, it was only a couple of minutes had passed, I had already dissolved a significant amount of the anxiety that I'd been feeling. And that's it. 
There's no secret, no magic pill, just a clear and practical approach to anxiety, which is the assess and address approach whenever it rears its head, which it will from time to time, even for those of us who think we have it all figured out. I really hope this helps you navigate through your own little waves of anxiety if they're coming and going right now. And I hope that this approach is as effective for you as it has been for me when it comes to our goal of owning it. If you want to learn more about the assess and address approach, be sure to get yourself a copy of owning it. It's called own it in the US. So if you're having trouble finding it online, just search for my name. It'll be a little bit easier. And that is it for this week. I hope that you found that helpful and chat to you soon. Thank you so much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.